Just a quick heads up that I am currently on maternity leave, which means that the Fertility Co podcast is taking a break. But please don't panic because I'm already working on some exciting things behind the scenes. And when I come back, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you a brand new, completely free mini course all about ovulation and finding your fertile window. In the meantime, there are still heaps of ways that you can continue to learn about your fertility and your menstrual cycle while I take a break. If you're just getting started with charting your cycle, you can check out my free fertility roadmap. If you want to dive deeper and learn exactly when you're ovulating, then you can watch my Fix Your Fertility Masterclass. There is, of course, also my Conceive with Confidence workshop series and, of course, my flagship online program, Fertility School. If you want individualized support from a trained fertility educator, that's me, then you can book in to my wait list for a one-on-one consult. And I would love to work with you to achieve your fertility goals in 2024. Spots are strictly limited though. And links to all of those resources are in the show notes. I'm Rachel and I'm obsessed with all things periods, pregnancy, pelvic floor and helping women just like you to navigate all of life's major milestones. I'm a physiotherapist and natural fertility educator and my passion is teaching women how to take control of their health. Fertility, pregnancy, nutrition and menstrual cycle health will dive deep into all of it right here. All those questions you've been secretly googling, all those things you're too embarrassed to ask your doctor because, well, we're women. Shouldn't we just know this stuff? So get comfy and get ready to finally have all of your questions answered. Hit subscribe now and let me teach you what they never taught us in health class. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the Fertility Co podcast. What if I told you that there are three simple things that you can do to help confirm ovulation day? And what if I told you that you don't even have to do all of them every day? Would you want to know exactly what they were? I thought so, which is why I'm giving them to you in today's episode. Let's dive in. The first way to confirm ovulation is with your period. The two key events in our menstrual cycle are menstruation, your period, and ovulation. Everything that happens in between are the physical changes that occur as a result of changing hormone levels that are preparing to bring about either ovulation for fertilization of an egg and potential pregnancy, or if pregnancy doesn't happen, menstruation. Ovulation is necessary for pregnancy. Ovulation is also necessary for menstruation to happen. When we think of the menstrual cycle, we think of our period and the phase where we bleed, but ovulation is just as important, if not more so. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you probably know that this is one you need to know about. If you're trying to get pregnant, you probably also don't want to be seeing your period. But it does confirm that ovulation has occurred, which is a good thing because ovulation needs to happen in order for a true period to occur. A cycle where ovulation doesn't occur is called an anovulatory cycle. If the body fails to ovulate for any number of reasons, then you will likely not see a period at all. That delay in period can get your hopes up and have you thinking you're potentially pregnant when you haven't actually ovulated. Now, you can learn more about anovulation and anovulatory cycles, say that five times fast, in episode number 44 of the podcast. 
The timing of ovulation will affect the timing of your period. So if you ovulate later in your cycle, your period will likely arrive later. If ovulation occurs earlier in your cycle, your period will arrive early. This is why being able to confirm ovulation helps you to predict when your next period is due, because most women do not have a clockwork cycle that is exactly the same length every month, because our cycles are influenced by life, by stress, illness, sleep, and so on. The non-fertile phase after ovulation, the luteal phase, is pretty much the same length with every cycle, give or take a day or two. So if you know the length of your luteal phase, once you have confirmed ovulation or at least identified the day you think ovulation has occurred, you can count ahead by however many days your luteal phase is, anywhere between 10 and 17 days ideally, and this will help you to determine when your next period is due, which means you know when to take a pregnancy test for accurate results and you can be sure that you're not testing too early. And you also don't need to panic that your period is late this month because you know that you potentially ovulated late. To make matters slightly more confusing, you might still bleed in the absence of ovulation, but this is not a true period bleed. So this is called anovulatory bleeding, and this is what we see in withdrawal bleeds when you're on the pill. For young women who've just started menstruating, and you can also see them in older women who are approaching menopause too. Estrogen levels will peak at around ovulation, then they will drop quite quickly in the second half of the menstrual cycle as progesterone levels surge. Bleeding that isn't menstruation can happen when estrogen production continues to thicken the endometrium in preparation for implantation, but estrogen levels don't rise high enough to actually trigger ovulation in the first place. Then, one of two things can happen. Estrogen levels might build up slowly and then drop, just like in a normal menstrual cycle, but estrogen levels are potentially too low to actually trigger release of the other hormones that lead to ovulation. When estrogen levels drop, you might experience a withdrawal bleed, just like you do on the pill when you stop taking the hormone pills and switch for the sugar pills instead. Alternatively, the endometrium might continue to thicken and build up and up to the point where it can no longer sustain itself. Without ovulation, progesterone levels are still too low to maintain that thickened lining, so it will break down and it will be released just like in a typical period, which is called estrogen breakthrough bleeding, only there's no egg being flushed out at the same time because ovulation hasn't happened. So without ovulation, menstruation or a true period can't happen, but it's common to observe bleeding and naturally assume that it's your period. So how can we confirm ovulation has happened and therefore confirm that we are having a real period? By monitoring changes in our cervical mucus. Of all the body's natural fertile signs, cervical mucus is the key to understanding when you're fertile and when you've ovulated. As hormone levels shift throughout the menstrual cycle, glands in the cervix will produce different types of mucus. Changes in colour, thickness, texture and amount are all influenced by these hormonal changes, and so they will change according to the phase of the menstrual cycle that you're in. To put it simply, mucus will have two main roles throughout your cycle. During your fertile window, when pregnancy is possible, mucus will keep sperm alive and move it towards the egg waiting to be fertilised. During the non-fertile phase, mucus makes the vaginal environment inhospitable to sperm and causes sperm cells to die quickly. As ovulation approaches, we know that mucus will start to change. Following menstruation, there's minimal mucus. You feel pretty dry, and if there is mucus present, it's normally quite dry and sticky. 
As ovulation approaches, the body creates an environment that will keep sperm alive inside the vagina so that egg can be fertilized. As estrogen levels increase, cervical mucus becomes thinner, wetter, and clearer. Remember, at the same time, rising estrogen levels are stimulating the endometrium to thicken up and prepare for implantation of that fertilized egg. Observe cervical mucus by looking in your underwear or on toilet paper after wiping. Some women use their fingers, but this is not recommended or necessary. You can also use the sensation around your vulva to determine whether or not you want you feel wet or dry, and this will help you to confirm what you're observing too. So you don't need to be fixated on all of the different types of fertile mucus and the various descriptors like egg white, creamy, slippery, if you find that all too confusing. Episode 46 help I can't see my egg white mucus is all about why you don't need egg white mucus and why sensation is so much more important than what you're actually seeing in your mucus too which can help you to get your hand around it if you are having trouble tracking your mucus all you need to ask yourself every day is do you feel wet or dry around your vulva so when you feel wet you're in your fertile window and you're detecting that fertile cervical mucus. When you observe fertile quality mucus, your body is getting ready to ovulate. On the day after you ovulate, fertile mucus will disappear or decrease in quality and you'll feel quite dry again, indicating that ovulation has happened. The exception to this rule is that if you notice fertile mucus and then it goes away only to return again a few days later, This could indicate attempted ovulation that wasn't actually successful. So this can lead to a longer than expected follicular phase, so a longer non-fertile phase before ovulation. And as a result, you might notice that some days you have a little bit of mucus or a wet sensation, then a return to dry days, then a shift back to wetter, fertile quality mucus again. This is a sign that your body is attempting to ovulate multiple times in one cycle. Fertile quality mucus reappearing can mean that your body is making another attempt at ovulation, which it will do if it doesn't happen the first time. This is why your cycle is often a little longer when you don't ovulate on first attempt. When ovulation is successful, you will remain dry and see minimal mucus for the rest of your cycle until your next period or until you can confirm pregnancy. So now we've been able to use our period and our cervical mucus patterns to help us to confirm that ovulation has happened and to determine whether or not we have had a true period. We now have one more thing on our checklist that can help us to confirm ovulation, and that is your basal body temperature. So observing your basal body temperature in combination with cervical mucus can help you to determine if ovulation has occurred or not, because an upward temperature shift will indicate successful ovulation. Basal body temperature is used to retrospectively confirm the timing of ovulation. So we can't use it on its own and we can't use it to predict when ovulation will happen because it's just not reliable. But when ovulation happens, there is that rise in basal body temperature of 0.2 to 0.5 degrees. Ovulation usually occurs the day before the temperature shift and it will then remain high until menstruation. The upward shift in your temperature from ovulation and throughout the second half of your cycle is detectable if you track it daily. And that drop around the day of menstruation also helps you to confirm whether or not it is a true period. 
Basal body temperature is unreliable on its own because there are a number of factors that can influence your temperature. And some women can be really sensitive to these disruptions like illness and fever, poor sleep, alcohol, stress, and some medications. These small margins for error are the reason why observing your cervical mucus is much more reliable and why basal body temperature should only be used in combination with mucus and used to confirm ovulation. So remember, basal body temperature will rise the day after ovulation. So the last day of low temperatures is likely the day when ovulation has occurred. Confirming ovulation can be a bit of a chicken or an egg situation. So we can only confirm that we've ovulated when we see menstruation or pregnancy 10 to 17 days later. But we can only confirm that it's a true period by confirming ovulation. It gets confusing. This is why we need to monitor our fertile signs daily to not only confirm ovulation and that true period, but also to be able to identify any changes in our cycles, like multiple attempts at ovulation, so that we can investigate further and manage these disruptions if they become a regular occurrence. So let's recap our checklist for confirming ovulation. First of all, menstruation. If your period doesn't arrive 10 to 17 days after ovulation day, either you're pregnant or ovulation hasn't happened. Number two, cervical mucus. You have observed cervical mucus patterns that suggest ovulation has occurred, meaning you've observed that shift from dry to wet and slippery, then back to dry. If there's a shift from wet mucus to dry and then a return of wet mucus, then your body is likely attempting to ovulate, but it hasn't happened yet. As ovulation approaches, that cervical mucus will become thinner, wetter, and clearer, but it will need to become dry and sticky and remain dry and sticky after ovulation for the remainder of the cycle to know that ovulation has happened. If you see that return in wet, fertile quality mucus, your body is attempting ovulation multiple times. Finally, basal body temperature. You have observed that clear upward shift in basal body temperature that aligns with that shift in mucus patterns. If you can't see an obvious upward shift in temperature, then ovulation has likely not happened. Remember that your body temperature will rise the day after ovulation. So it's that last day of low temperatures that's likely when ovulation has happened. And the upward temperature shift indicates that ovulation has occurred. And we can also use the 3-6 rule to confirm this too. So the temperature for three consecutive days after potential ovulation is greater than the previous six days. I'll say that again because it can be a little confusing. The temperature for three consecutive days after ovulation is higher than the previous six days. Your temperature will then drop again around the day of menstruation. Remember, every woman is different. Some women may clearly be able to detect their fertile signs, while others may have more difficulty because their temperature shift isn't obvious or their cervical mucus is harder to detect. And this is why I recommend using this checklist of three clear signs in this exact order to help you to confirm ovulation has definitely occurred. The more experience you gain tracking your cycle, the easier it will become to interpret your body's fertile signs. So get to know your body's unique patterns and you can only do that with practice. 
So that wraps up another episode for this week. It's a bit of a shorter one today, but I like I like the idea of it being a short, sharp, three-step checklist that you can tick off really quickly and know that you've got ovulation correct in your head. So you can get today's show notes with everything that I talked about in this episode, as well as links to freebies and other related episodes at fertilityco.com forward slash 48. If you have any questions or you need support with identifying ovulation, then we go into much more detail about charting and interpreting those signs in my flagship online course, Fertility School. And if you want to learn more about Fertility School or you want a free live lesson into pinpointing ovulation day with more ease, make sure you jump on over to fertilityco.com.au forward slash masterclass to save your spot for my free live Fix Your Fertility Masterclass that is happening this week. Even if you can't join me live, if you sign up, you will get a replay sent to your inbox afterwards. In this masterclass, you will learn the three simple steps to find out exactly when you're ovulating so that you can more accurately use things like your cervical mucus to confirm ovulation and not have to rely on tracking apps and testing strips. And I'm also going to be giving away my step-by-step fertility charting framework for helping you to confirm ovulation day and predicting your next period so that you can use this information to know exactly when you can or can't get pregnant. If you're listening in real time, this is all happening on Thursday, the 23rd of March. So there'll be a link to that in the show notes and you can learn more and save your spot at fertilityco.com.au forward slash masterclass. Hopefully I'll see you there. If you're listening in future, still head over to that same link and learn some more information about the masterclass and fertility school there too. Bye for now. Don't forget that knowledge is power. And when you truly understand your body, you are empowered to make informed decisions and take control of your health. Until next time. If you've made it this far, you deserve a huge virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Fertility Co. podcast. New episodes are released every Wednesday, so make sure you hit subscribe now so you don't miss when the latest goes live. Why not make my day and leave me a quick rating and review while you're over there? If you want more, head on over to Instagram at Fertility Co., slide on into my DMs and say hello, or you can visit fertilityco.com.au forward slash podcast for show notes and access to all of the freebies that I talked about in this episode. Until next time. Let's talk about TempDrop. TempDrop's wearable sensor and accompanying charting app brings the full fertility tracking solution right to your phone, where the TempDrop sensor on your upper arm during sleep and then just sync to the charting app whenever it's convenient for you. TempDrop believes that every woman should be empowered and equipped with the knowledge to take control of their body. Sound familiar? That's where TempDrop steps in to provide clear, science-backed technology to help you to better track your cycle. I only recommend products that I use and love, and I love my TempDrop tracker. You can get 10% off your tracker with the code AFFertilityCo or head to fertilityco.com.au forward slash TempDrop for more information.